You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds Show. Let's go to SEC football. Mike Bobo is back uh, as an offensive coordinator at Georgia. Um, Some people aren't that fired up about it. Some people are. I guess that's with anything. Uh, But Georgia's in this kind of state of, oh, my gosh, we're the number one college football team in the country now after back-to-back national championships. Uh, what do you make of Mike Bobo as an OC? And Todd Monken did a good job, and he goes on to the Ravens. But Bobo to Georgia, what do you think, Tom Luganville? Well, I think from Kirby Smart's perspective, it's an ease of transition. It's continuity. Um, it is knowledge of exactly what you're going to get, being on the same page, being in sync, the players having to make very few adjustments, very few of any changes. Uh, again, there's familiarity, not just with Mike Bobo and Kirby Smart, but Mike Bobo and the institution and the university, you know, being an alum, being a longtime successful assistant there. But I kind of look at it the way I, I, I look at just about every offensive coordinator position. If you've got great players and you've got a quarterback, all of a sudden you're a brilliant coach, right? And if you don't, you're all of a sudden very, very average. And so... You know, I think that's really ultimately what it comes down to. You know, Mike Bobo is a longtime good football coach, takes the head coaching job at Colorado State, and they stink. So what's the difference there? Did Mike Bobo all of a sudden take stupid pills, or did he not have the same level of players he had at Georgia? I think I know the answer to that. And I think that could apply to a lot of people. You know, the challenge is going to be breaking in new quarterbacks. They're going to have good players around the quarterback, but you're going into a season after back-to-back national championships where you're going to have an inexperienced player uh, under center, and that could create some, some bumps in the road, which then is going to lead to probably a lot of criticism that may be premature and probably not overly fair considering what you're having to break in. Right. Same thing with Tommy Reed. Not that, he, not that our listeners feel sorry for Georgia or Bama by any stretch because we have good programs, but we get to you know fight all the monsters uh, every year. Right. Mike Bobo and Tommy Reese at Alabama, the two new OCs, come in, Mm -hmm. and you just nailed it. They come in, and they have to identify a new quarterback after Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett had unbelievable careers. You'd rather come in when it's like their last year, Luganville, right? (laughs) You'd you'd rather be named their junior year if they're going to leave early, like Bryce, or their senior year where, oh, man, they've started a couple years and I get to walk in and look like a genius and then break in a quarterback the next year, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. You know, that's the downside to all this. But I would say that there's a lot more positives that outweigh any of the negatives because – you have so many toys under the tree, right? I mean, you're going to have so much, so many weapons, so much depth. And, you know, you're, you're going to have to coach the quarterback really more than anything else to not make mistakes and let him grow, let him develop, let him gain confidence. But with great players around you, you're not going to have to feel like you got to do it all. And if, if, 
it's coaching the quarterbacks, whether it's Mike Bobo, whether it's Tommy Reese, and they can they can get whoever's going to be the quarterback or the group that's competing to be the quarterback to understand, you know, knowing your role, taking what the defense gives you, um, you know, don't play above yourself, and and rely on that huddle, rely on those those people that are around you. Um, then all of a sudden, I think the, the the quarterback coach and the coordinator can can really work well together and look good. And then all of a sudden you get some snaps under your belt, you get some experience, maybe you played late in the fourth quarter and you won a game, so now your confidence level is rising high, so now the coach feels more confident that he can put more on your plate, and you just start to evolve and, and grow. But, you know, if you're Tommy Reese and you're Mike Bobo, this is a lot better than, let's just say, you know, taking the offensive coordinator job, you know, at a, you know at East Carolina or Western sure. Kentucky – and the supporting cast around whoever the new quarterback that you're breaking in uh, isn't going to be what it's going to be at a Georgia and at, at an Alabama. And so that's a positive. Yeah. Well, okay. Do you do you consider Kirby smart? You know, Kirby right now, um, he's the guy in college football. Sure. And it looks like he's he's wrestled the trophy away from from Saban for for now, and we'll see what plays out the next couple of years. Um, do you consider Kirby Smart a micromanager? And and Bo, at the end of the day, he still obviously runs the defense, even though Muschamp calls the plays. And he has a very strong hand on the offense as far as what he wants. Or Kirby really plays a CEO role. Which one? I think to some degree, and I don't know if I would use the term micromanager because I don't think he or somebody like, like Nick Saban is constantly going to be peeking in the meeting room or constantly be peeking in the staff room to oversee everything and to scrutinize and to be looming over everybody's shoulder. What I would say is I think that every good head coach that's good for a sustained period of time it has a very good feel for an attention to detail, all right? You can, you can have a need for knowing what's going on at all times and requiring that of your assistant coaches and not micromanage. You, you know, every head coach that I've worked for, that I've been around, the one thing I learned is they don't like surprises. They don't like things happening that they didn't see coming or that they didn't discuss or that they weren't aware of. So if you, if you keep your head coach abreast of what's going on and everybody's on the same page – that's really what the coach is going to want to know. He's going to want the details. He's going to want to know that after you guys have discussed it, exactly what can be expected. And then don't surprise him, you know. And I think you, you coach your coaches and then you let your coaches coach, but you don't overcoach when you're in a place like Georgia because you don't have to get cute. It's not like you're lining up and every week you're playing somebody that's better than you. I mean, look at, look at their schedule next year. It's a joke. It's, 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 they're going to have to go out. They could line up and play a spring football format scheme-wise and beat everybody on talent alone. So don't overcoach it. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's a great point. I almost want to ask the question, does it matter with Mike Bobo and Will Muschamp with Georgia's schedule? Now, it, it could get interesting after we go through this, this new scheduling format. Um, and – 
I know you can't comment, but I'm sure you have some thoughts. It, it, I, it, the strong win tells me that we're going to nine games, that your company, ESPN Disney, is going to kick in enough money for Greg Sankey to go. We're not going to go with a one-plus-seven model as Oklahoma and Texas join the league, one permanent, seven rotation, that we're going to go with a three-plus-six model, uh, which going from eight conference games to two non-conference games. That's not good for Mississippi State, South Carolina, Arkansas, uh, several other programs, but I think the big boys will be fine because with the 12-team playoff, you can go 10-2 and two and still make it, and if you're Georgia, Bama, and LSU with your depth, you can still march through. But, all right, so uh, – and I'm just not sure that it matters with Bobo and Muschamp, like you said with that schedule. I, I don't think either one of them are really good. Uh, I think Bobo is much better than Muschamp. Um, I think Muschamp smoking mirrors, but but I think with Kirby over his shoulder and the talent that they have, like you said, and I'm looking at their schedule, this they should run at 12-0 and either face Bam or LSU in the in the SEC championship game. All right, Dabo did a quick pivot. Not all coaches will do this, and realized promoting from within wasn't the way. Plus, you you've talked about you know. Uyangalale and staying with him mm-hmm. too long. But he goes and gets Garrett Riley. Are you expecting like a big step forward for Clemson on the offensive side of the football, Luke's? Well let me let me address one thing you said initially there before I answer that question. I don't think it's that he realized loyalty wasn't the way. It just it didn't work this time. Right? It it didn't it didn't play out this time. And one of the reasons why is because the quarterback wasn't good enough. Right. You know, Tony Tony Scott and, and or Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott, you know, they happened to get promoted and brought up through the ranks with Taj Boyd, Trevor Lawrence, and Deshaun Watson. All right. Well, we also saw how well that worked out for both of them at USF and how it worked out last year on the field with Virginia and Tony uh, Elliott, who had a quarterback that had lit the ACC on fire the year ago in, in, in Brennan Armstrong. Um, so I, I think that what I admired about Dabo's call is he made the hard call. Right, he made the call that served the betterment of the team as a whole. Because I don't think he did that with DJ. And I think he caught him a college, cost him a college football playoff berth. Not to say that they would have won a semifinal game, but if you go to Cade Klubnick midway through the season, I think you get into the ACC championship game. You win the ACC championship potentially with one loss, and you're in. That didn't happen. So then he had to make the hard decision, and in doing so, DJ goes out the door, and now you get a guy that has had in Garrett Riley a tremendous amount of success with good but not elite talent in a tried-and-true college scheme that no matter who runs it, no matter who's coaching it, it has succeeded at the college level, whether it's uh, Dana, whether it's Art Biles, Kendall Biles, Lincoln Riley. um, The the list goes on and on. It is a tried-and-true scheme. And now I will say this. It is an overly simplified scheme. It's half-field reads. It's one-on-one designations. Um, I think there's a reason why there's a lot of quarterbacks, basically all of them outside of probably Patrick Mahomes, but they don't succeed at the NFL level. I mean, look at all of the quarterbacks that have played in this scheme that have just lit the world on fire. It's a fantastic college, uh, college scheme. Sure. For whatever reason, those guys have not transitioned well. They've struggled. And so... I think for college, and then you add the talent level that Clemson's going to have or the access to the talent level that Clemson's going to have, 
it's going to be exciting for them. You're going to see a heavy counter, heavy zone scheme, a lot of screens, a lot of smoke and mirrors, pushing the ball downfield one-on-one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I really do. Oh, I agree. And when you have their talent in a league like the ACC, um, they have a good shot to start rolling again and really pummel some people. Um, Tom Luganville, National College. What? You know, real quick, you know, you mentioned something with the ACC as we were talking about the SEC schedule. It's going to be interesting to see how the SEC kind of monitors what the ACC is going to this fall, right? No division, and see how that kind of plays out. That's a good point. I don't know when Sankey's kind of deadline is to make that decision, and will that bleed into the season so that they can see that model? Huh. Right. Okay. I don't know. All right. 